Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, proud to once again let this week's guest set the table for this week's show. This is Ronnie Woodard, Director of Member Services for the Tennessee Soccer Club. We're headquartered in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. I'm also proud to be the ECNL U19 girls coach. And we just finished an incredible ECNL national event, December 2nd through 4th, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, in the town of Murfreesboro. It was a smashing success, as it always is. So join me and my old friend, Dean Linky as we talk about the ECNL national events, the joy I have coaching in the ECNL, and the amazing growth of the women's landscape thanks to the ECNL. My conversation with Dean Linky right here in Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast starts after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country. With a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I am Dean Linky. As I mentioned in the open, the ECNL with an event, it feels like almost every weekend. This past weekend, of course, the boys were in Greer, South Carolina, down at the Mesa Soccer Complex, and the girls were in Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Tennessee the Richard Siegel Park, and of course, right there in Tennessee is the great Tennessee Soccer Club, and we're so pleased to be joined by Ronnie Woodard, a great name in soccer for so many years. She's coached at so many levels, including at the collegiate level, but now is the Director of Member Services for the Tennessee Soccer Club, and she also coaches the U19 ECNL girls at the showcase for ECNL Tennessee, the national event. They had U16, U17, and U19. Ronnie Woodard, the Director of Member Services for the Tennessee Soccer Club. She was obviously there. Her team was also there, and now she's here. Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, Ronnie. Thanks, Dean. Looking forward to talking to you. I've been listening to the past podcasts. They're always enjoyable. Well, I appreciate that, and I know you still keep your tabs on college soccer as well, so we'll be able to talk about that, and you also do some work for U.S. soccer. I can't wait to talk about that as well, but this event is now behind you as you reflect back on the three days in Murfreesboro. Am I saying that right, Ronnie? You got it. What are your takeaways from the incredible event, again, run by the ECNL? Sure. ECNL did a really great job because we had a beautiful day to play on Friday and then a lot of rain came in Friday night. So that made it really difficult in particular low areas of the Richard Siegel facility. And we had to, they had to close some fields. And so the ECNL had to think quickly on their feet. They had to get schedule changes out to not only 
you know, the hundred teams that were participating if their game was impacted, as well as the national staff that was there scouting, as well as all the college coaches. So they did a really good job of reorganizing on Saturday and all the way into Sunday morning due to some of the conditions of some of the fields. And, you know, I thought for them to be able to conduct the full event, they did reduce the amount of time that people played, but they got all the games in. And, and I think everyone had a really good experience. We're here with Ronnie Woodard, the director of member services for the Tennessee soccer club. And as I mentioned, the coach of the U19 ECNL girls were just getting done with the incredible ECNL Tennessee national event. I mean, it truly is a showcase, right? I mean, there are so many college coaches and they are looking at some big time talent, right, Ronnie? Oh, without a doubt. And you know, keep in mind too, that the dead period starts in a week. So if you were a college coach, you were on the road and you were at this ECNL event, at least one member of your staff was there. Hundreds of college coaches lining the sides of the field, braving the cold weather at times, braving the rain at times, you know, adjusting on the fly to any type of schedule change, all because there's such a premium placed on the recruiting at this showcase event for the ECNL. The timing of this event is essential. It's the last recruiting opportunity before NCAA women's soccer goes into their dead period until January. So it's perfect timing for these coaches to get a great look at these players, make some late decisions on potentially some late commitments, and then find some early identification moving forward to recalculate their list for January. It's interesting. As we record this two days before the release of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast tonight, North Carolina will play UCLA. Yes, those are some familiar names that often do make it to the national championship game. But man, the dynamic has changed, Ronnie. And I feel like you've had a front row seat at how the ECNL has changed the dynamic for all of these colleges getting better because of the ECNL. Can you touch on that? Oh, absolutely. It's it's really hard to replicate a league as powerful as the ECNL is when you have the talent level that's spanning across areas and states and the opportunity for them to compete against one another puts you in more of a competitive environment on a consistent basis, which is how our players get better, right? Our players playing with good players and playing against good players is what raises the development level of these players and better prepares them for the college game. So without a doubt, the platform of ECNL putting these women together, these young women together to compete against each other. But if you've ever been to an ECNL event, it is so impressive, the empowering of young women that comes alongside playing in the ECNL. It is what the platform is. It's what they're built on. So not only are they helping these, these young women become strong women and pushing them athletically, but the overall mentality and health of these players and encouraging them to be strong and stand tall is what the ECNL stands for. And so put those two together and you're going to have a better prepared college player. One of the things that uh, kicks off the December 2nd through 4th event at the ECNL Tennessee National Event Showcase, as Ronnie Woodard mentioned, all those college coaches there, is the National Select Game. Can you give us some highlights of what your takeaway was from the National Select Game? Oh, it's a track meet to begin with. You've got players from all over the country representing different clubs, and they all come here and we put together their two teams and they play a game. And this was under the lights in the Richard Siegel soccer stadium. The atmosphere was electric because what happens is, is that then those clubs come to cheer on their players that are representing their club. They make signs, they run the sideline, they paint their faces, they're cheering. And every time there's a touch on the field, someone is screaming for it. It's just such a, a great environment for these players to get to experience playing in front of a large group, playing with players that they don't know, 
at all and having to adapt and adjust how they play and watching the development that happens from the first whistle to the last whistle and how players change and grow into the game, the more familiar they become with one another. If you ever get a chance, if anyone's listening to this podcast, and even if you don't have a player from your club that's participating in that particular event, I highly encourage you to go out and watch it. The level is very good. The excitement is amazing. And the support is super heartwarming. And so I would encourage anyone that gets a chance to go out and watch the game. I understand there were seven goals scored in the game. The East beat the West five to two. Is that right? That's correct. It was unbelievable. And some great goals too. It was box to box and line to end line. As you can imagine, there was a lot of energy on the field and then off the field just sparked even more energy on the field. And so for a while there, it was a track meet. One would shoot, other would score, one would score, the other would shoot. And it was just a lot of fun to watch. To the best of your knowledge, how do they pick who coaches these teams? And then also, how what's the process on how they pick the players that play in that NSG game? So the ECNL has one contact of one of the coaches that coaches within the ECNL organization somewhere. Last year, it was Aaron Bruner, who now he coached at Richmond United, who left and went to Florida State and is the assistant coach of Florida State. So he used to run the selection. So what happens is, is that they send an email out to all the clubs that are participating in the event in the age group that's going to be playing in the national selection game. And they ask for recommendations from the club. So the club recommends players. And then from there, I think there's a small committee that gets together and they decide who's going to be invited into the national selection game. And at the same time, the person in charge of running the event also asks two club coaches that are participating in the event to coach the East, two coaches that are participating in the event to coach the West and a goalkeeper coach to come in and work with the players. So there's five coaches, sometimes six that are chosen from various clubs that are playing in the event. And then you have two teams that are filled with players that are playing in the event also. And so it's a really nice mix. And I've been so fortunate. I had the opportunity to coach the game twice. And it's been a it's been an incredible experience. We're fortunate to have Ronnie Woodard, the director of member services for the very successful Tennessee soccer club. She was front and center, also coaching in this past weekend's ECNL Tennessee National Showcase event, which was held December 2nd through the 4, U16, U17, U19. You know, the National Select game even got the attention of a big-time corporate partner in Continental Tire that now puts their name on the jerseys of that game. That says a lot, right, about how powerful that game is. And again, back to what I had said earlier, how powerful the ECNL now is. And it comes back to what their platform is. The reason I love the ECNL and it's an honor to participate in it is because they are empowering young girls to be strong women. And that's the entire platform. And if you're a sponsor of that event, your continental tires, I mean, that's what you want. Whether you have a daughter or not, you want to see young girls develop and have confidence and be able to, you know, make hard decisions in their life as they move forward and take a lot of sense of pride in being a good athlete. It's a win-win for that that sponsorship. It's a win-win for the players. It's a win-win for the parents. It's a win-win for coaches. You know, there's nothing negative that comes on the side of that participation in that event. Always positive. Ronnie Woodard, the director of member services for the Tennessee Soccer Club. Last question before we take a break and we come back, we're going to take a look at the incredible journey of Ronnie Woodard because she has had her fingerprints on so many great success stories in the game of soccer, especially around the women's game as well, which is one of the things I love about you, Ronnie, as you know me, I love the women's game so, so much. But at the end of the day, this truly was a showcase. It wasn't about winners or losers. It was about each player on each team, right? 
Absolutely. And so ultimately, it's about either winding your schedule down because we have some teams that played in the fall and are winding into their winter and going into their high school seasons. And then we have some teams that are dialing into their season that had high school in the fall and are just now getting into club. So you could see there's probably a discrepancy in the quality that was put onto the field in some of the matches. If you had a team that was had played 20 plus games already and another team that's only played two, well, there's some growth that needs to happen with that team that's only played two games as opposed to the team that's played 20. So the exciting part about all of it is that you know, everyone's out there for the same reason. They want to showcase their players and help them on their road to either being identified through the national program, national youth teams, or for colleges. So you saw a lot of players out there getting a lot of quality minutes because results matter, but they don't dictate whether you're going to be winning a conference. It's a true showcase event. And so you you have that opportunity to allow players that need a little bit extra time in front of some college coaches, the opportunity to do that at this event by not naming a champion. What a great breakdown of what was a great weekend for ECNL girls in Murfreesville, Tennessee. Richard Siegel Park, December 2nd through 4th. The ECNL picked a perfect person to talk about the event, including about her team as she coaches the U19 ECNL girls team for the Tennessee Soccer Club, where Ronnie Woodard is the Director of Member Services. When we come back, we'll get to know Ronnie just a little better. You're listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL girls and ECNL boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We're joined by Ronnie Woodard, the Director of Member Services for the Tennessee Soccer Club, a great club headquartered in Franklin, just outside of Nashville. Of course, the Richard Siegel Park is just outside of Nashville in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and that was the home of last weekend's ECNL national event for ECNL girls and Ronnie Woodard was kind enough to break down all the great things that happened that weekend. When we left, Ronnie, I promised people that we'd get to know you a little <laughs> bit better. You've got a great career, a career that involved time with Robbie Church. I think you started the UNC Charlotte program, but before even there, talk about where you grew up. Did you play in college, how you got into coaching, and then the various stops you've had in your coaching career. It's a podcast, Ronnie, so take your time. 
<laughs> it's a long career, but that's going to actually tell you how old I am. So we're not going to mention what years that I played in college. Right. Um, you know, I was really fortunate that I was at the very beginning or catching Title IX. And so when I was coming out of high school, I, you know, I had been smitten and fallen in love with the game of soccer. And I was real fortunate that when I was graduating, that all of the women's programs are starting to get added gradually as I was coming out. Born in Pennsylvania, but I grew up in Georgia and North Carolina. My parents moved to Georgia when I was 10, and then we moved to North Carolina when I was 15. So I was really fortunate to be in the South and play for some really good, good teams. But I'd, it led me to where my my path started, and, and I played soccer at Duke University. I played for Billy Hempen, and it was an amazing experience. I loved every minute of it. If you ask me now what color my blood is, it is Duke blue. <laughs> and if you ask me if I have anything in my wardrobe that is a light powder blue, I will tell you very definitively, <laughs> I do not own any powder blue. That does enough. not mean a lack of respect for the program. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Carolina, their women's soccer program, and everything that happens, the education. But Duke warns you that if you get caught with powder blue in your wardrobe, that they will take your <laughs> diploma away. It's just how it is. I don't make the rules. I just follow them, right? Amen. So needless to say, you know, I got an undergraduate degree in sociology and Billy Hempen, as I was leaving my last day being a senior and he's like, you know, they call me Rano. He said, Rano, what are you going to do? And I said, coach, I'm not, I'm not overly sure. I think I'm going to go to graduate school. And he said, well, I think you need to understand you need to give back to the game that gave you so much and you should start coaching and give back. And I'll never forget those words from Billy Hempen. I was 22 years old and he told me that I owed it back to the game. And so in every fiber that I am, that's what I'm trying to do now is give back to the game in any way that I can. Uh, it started on a journey of being a college coach. So I was fortunate enough. I started in NC State. And then from there, Robbie Church hired me to be his first assistant at UNC Charlotte when he started the program. And I had an amazing experience. And what an, uh, an awesome mentor Robbie Church is. Uh, I don't think there's anyone across the country that wouldn't say that Robbie Church is one of the, the class acts in women's, women's collegiate soccer. He has a fan base that spans the country and his respect is just unbelievable. And so I was really fortunate that I had the opportunity to learn from him and be guided from him. And then now I can, I can surely say that he's one of my best friends and has been since I was you know, 25 years old when he hired me as his assistant coach. And again, we're not going to talk about how many years that is, Dean. We're not going to talk about <laughs> we're that. Not talking Robbie about nor I are going to mention it. I want the whole so, journey though. Give me all yeah. of it. <laughs> so from there, Robbie and I left UNC Charlotte at the same time. I went on to the College of Charleston to be their head women's soccer coach. And he went on to Vanderbilt to be the head women's soccer coach from UNC Charlotte. And so I only stayed at College Charleston for two short years. And then Robbie had the opportunity to go to his dream school from Vanderbilt and go to Duke. And then Vanderbilt hired me to take Robbie's place when he left. So it's a really crazy cycle. So I was the coach of Vanderbilt for 10 years, thoroughly enjoyed my experience, but late in like my eighth, ninth year, I had my son and college soccer got to be an awful lot with a toddler. And so I stepped away from the game very temporarily. I just stepped away from college soccer, still a huge fan, still an enormous Vanderbilt fan. Vanderbilt was very good to me. I'm in good contact with everyone there, but my priorities had changed now that I had a son. And so I basically came out and I went through this, this cycle, Dean, where I said, like, what am I now? Right. I left college coaching. I had been a college coach since I had graduated from college. Like, 
And now here I am. I stepped away from college coaching to, to be a little bit more present of a mother and spend time with my son. And I had lost an identity very temporarily. And I was like, gosh, Ronnie, what were you doing? Like, maybe this was a bad decision, right? And I'm second guessing. And the minute I walked in, I went to Vanderbilt's first home game and I walked in the stadium and I saw my team and I saw the assistant coach that was there. And, you know, and I had great closure on that day. And I knew I made the right decision. I knew that I was going on a different path at this point. And I turned into a fan of the collegiate game. And during that time, they asked me to come out and do some work with a youth club. And I had not had time in the past to do much of it because I was at Vanderbilt. And I went back out and started working with Tennessee Soccer Club. And they gave me a, a really great first team. And we were U15. And it just sparked this passion for the youth side of soccer. And I realized what a positive impact I could have on those, those girls in the age of 14 to 18 as they're preparing to go to college, where is exactly where I realized that I wanted to empower a young girl to be strong women, right? Was in this, this avenue and this platform. And so I was really fortunate. I had a great team for those four years and we won a national championship. We won a U.S. Youth National Championship in their senior year. It was very poetic. I don't know if you could have painted a better history or a better ending, but they played their very last game together in the national championship. And then from the airport, in Dallas, they all flew to their colleges to go start. Like it, it was about as perfect of an ending as you could have to your club career, right? Tennessee Soccer Club joined the ECNL shortly after that. And here I am coaching an ECNL team. Um, I ran the Olympic Development Program for the South Region, technical director for that. So I give back to the sport by helping in that program. And then I went back and decided I wanted to do some more, some more learning. So I went back to coaching school. And now I teach coaching licenses for U.S. soccer. I am one of uh, U.S. soccer's talent scouts, which is the youth national team scouting network. And I spent a lot of time doing scouting and I get to coach young girls. And so, you know, my life is fantastic. My son's 13 now and I value every minute that women's soccer has given me. And I'm so fortunate that I've been able to experience so many different things. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel blessed to be part of these players' journeys. I love that you shared your journey. I definitely got chills when you talked about making sure that you had enough time with, for your son, but you stayed involved in the game close enough where when you were ready to come back in, you came back in stronger and even better than ever, Ronnie. That is fantastic. Thanks for sharing that part of the story. Just so we make sure we get it right, what's your son's name and uh, what's he up to these days? So his name is Thomas Woodard, named after his dad. He's 13 years old. He plays on uh, TSC's ECNL team. He's born in 2009. Um, now, mind you, he's a 5'10", 13-year-old. So with a size 13 foot. His <laughs> first love is basketball, right? His very first love is basketball. And then he plays soccer also, and he's a goalkeeper, which if anyone's listening to this podcast, shout out to the moms of goalkeepers because I'm not sure there's a worst place to be on the sideline than the mother of the goalkeeper. Like it is, I stay pretty calm and cool on the side, but man, my heart's just beating every time the ball gets near him. So shout out. I got a lot of time for all the moms of goalkeepers that are possibly listening to this podcast. So yeah, he's doing great. 13 years old. He's in seventh grade. 
and playing basketball and soccer. You know, it's interesting too, because you were a great player. You coached at so many places. Now you're coaching the ECNL girls team, which I know you love. And I want to go back to the one that won that U.S. Youth National Championship, even on the ECNL podcast to see if you remember if any of those players went on to greatness. So I really challenge your memory right there. But I always tell people, you know, I call every different sport every different place. And people always ask me, what's your favorite sport to be at? What What is it? And it's what, wherever my sons were playing, that's, that was my favorite sport. So no matter what mm-hmm. game I was broadcasting, really the, my true joy. And it, believe me, I love every game that I call, but was watching my kids play sports. There's nothing better than that, Ronnie. Right. Yeah. My husband always says, Oh, it's such a great day. I get to watch my favorite athlete play today. Right. Right. And that's how he always says it. And I'm like, man, that's a really cool way to look at it is you get to watch your favorite athlete, you know, through thick and thin, through disappointments, through amazing accomplishments and performances, you know, it's still always going to be your favorite athlete, no matter what, it's always going to be that way. Amen. You clearly had some big time athletes though, on that team that won the national championship. Do you remember a couple of them without oh, sure. hurting the feelings of a couple? Yeah. Who are some players that we yeah, would yeah, know? Yeah. So Carly Pascal played at Duke. She just graduated a year ago, and she is now one of the performance coaches at Atlanta United for the MLS team and the academy. You know, Jesse Harvey was a goalkeeper at Georgia. Sydney Hunt played at DePaul. We had players that went to Belmont. We had three players went to Belmont. It goes on and on and on and endlessly. And those girls were just so, they were just fantastic. And they're dear to my heart. When they come in town, they come see me at the fields when we go get coffee and they just, they made a really big impact in my life. And they actually are the ones that, that pushed me into a direction of loving youth soccer. Went out there just saying, okay, I'm just going to coach a little bit, get my feet down and figure out how this goes. Right. And I just fell in love with it and spending time with them. And it was, you know, I owe them a lot too for that journey. So much fun spending time with Ronnie Wooder. We're going to take one more break and get her take on the amazing growth of women's soccer as she talks about empowering women. There's such a great platform to make that happen now in the NWSL with the U.S. Women's National Team, even abroad where the crowds are off the charts. We'll talk to Ronnie about that and more in one last final segment on this week's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. The only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We're with Tennessee Soccer Club's Ronnie Woodard, who did so many great things. As she mentioned, she coached at UNC Charlotte. She coached at College of Charleston. She coached at Vanderbilt. Her 
ties are with Duke now. She played at Duke and Robbie Church, one of her great mentors is at Duke. By the way, that's amazing, isn't it? That you played at Duke under the guy that Robbie replaced. You touched on it earlier, but that's just a fascinating tale because you already love Duke and everybody loves Robbie Church. So that's a double yeah. love. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I hit him up for basketball tickets every year too. <laughs> so myself every year, every year. He's kind enough, and my husband and my son and I come up to a game in Cameron every year. So, yeah, it's great that he's still there. And when he leaves, I don't know what I'll do. I won't have tickets anymore. Well, I think they'll still remember uh, what you do and what <laughs> continue to do in the game. Yeah. And by the way, like me, you also dabble in broadcasting. You're really good. You're great on this podcast, but you've done a little bit of that, including with the MLS team, right, Ronnie? Talk about how much you love that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, it, it was really interesting. When they called me, it was when Nashville Soccer Club joined the USL. And they were in the process of getting the MLS franchise and they called and they said, Hey, have you ever done broadcasting? We'd like you to consider coming on and, and doing the, the, uh, the, the color commentary. And I said, okay, first of all, one, you know, that I'm a woman. And they said, yes. I said, okay. Second of all, you know, I didn't play men's professional soccer. And they said, yes. And I said, and third of all, you know, that I've never done a broadcast in my entire life. And they said, yes. <laughs> and I said, sign me up. Let's try it. Right? right. So I went home and uh, this is, this is just a testament to how our kids impact us. Right. So I went home and I was talking to my husband about it. And I said, this is really a little bit nerve wracking. I said, it feels like a little bit of pressure and I don't know how to do this. And I think it's really hard. And I said, and I'm, I'm nervous about it. And my son, he said, mom, if it's hard, you don't have to do it. Aww. And I said, at that exact moment, I thought this is a chance that I get to show him that doing hard stuff is okay. Right. And so I said, you know what, Thomas, I don't have to do it, but I want to do it because it is hard and I want to learn how to do something different. And I want to challenge myself. So you're exactly right. You don't have to do it. It's a choice and you're helping me make this choice. And I'm going to do this, even though it's going to be really hard for me to learn all of this and figure out how to be in the broadcast team. I said, but thank you for that moment where he just as innocently as he could, mom, you don't have to, if it's hard. I was like, oh, yeah, oh no. As a parent right now, I'm like, oh no, yes I do, right? You would know that, you would say the same thing, Dean, if your kid said that to you, you'd be like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I have to, right? Yeah. But yeah. it was a really cool moment. Again, there's little tiny moments in our, in our life that change the direction of where we're going. Like Billy Hempen, when I was graduating from Duke, telling me to give back to the game. Robbie Church urging me to take the College of Charleston job saying, you're ready, right? And then this one with my son saying, hey, step outside the line, mom. If it's hard, it's okay, right? So there's those tiny moments that just spark you to make really good decisions sometimes in your life. Step outside the line, which is a great, great uh, way to express it because this is called Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I really like that. How much did you enjoy it, by the way? Once you uh, did get out of your comfort zone, did you enjoy being in the booth? I did actually. So I really enjoyed it. And I had such a, again, a mentor, John Freeman was um, my mentor there. And he did all of the the Nashville games and he did some Belmont basketball games and Lipscomb basketball games, but he's now the voice of university of Virginia athletics. So he does all of their radio for all their sports. So he was such a great mentor in that moment and teaching me everything I needed to know. The hardest thing is you got to make sure that you, you remember your mic is hot. Right. You know, Dean, that mic's hot. And so you got to be really careful 
And, um, you know, when the game gets tight and there's a big goal scored, I've been known in the past on one of the broadcasts to squeal. Squealed one time <laughs> on a broadcast when the ball went in the back of the net. We scored in injury time to win the game. And you could hear me squeal. And uh, it was all over social media. People were like, oh, my God, I love the squeal from the play by play from the, the color commentator. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that <laughs> so just it, means you're being real, Ronnie. Yeah, you're just being real, yeah, right? Yeah, it was real. And, you know, it's you also have to be pretty thick skinned yep. to, to do that. As you know, you know, you mispronounce a name. You say, you know, I mean, the cardinal sin, the first thing they tell you is do not say offsides. It's mm -hmm. offside. Right, right. You get that wrong and you're in trouble. Yeah. And, you know, and everyone's an armchair quarterback and everybody's got opinions. So being a female doing a men's game, you mm -hmm. have to mind your P's and Q's and you got to be pretty thick skinned, you know, because you, yeah. Yeah. Since you taught a lesson to your son as well about that's the, right. being willing to get out of your comfort zone. You were that's definitely right. in your comfort zone this past weekend in Tennessee. We talked about it in the opening segment. And then you also mentioned that you were scouting there for U.S. soccer. So you get to see kind of the up and coming players for U.S. soccer. Break that down for us, because that's pretty exciting, Ronnie. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of work. Right. So U.S. soccer does a really good job. I think there are 10 of us there trying to cover as many games as we could and see as many players as we could and have conversations about players for upcoming national team um, events and camps that are going to be coming up in 2023. And so, it, you know, it's it's such a hard thing because there's a lot of really great players and you've got to try to sift through all of the great players and some players will just have a bad day when you're there. That doesn't make them a bad player. It means they had a bad day. There's not a player that's going to have a perfect performance every time they step on the field. And they may not have a perfect performance on the day that a national scout is there. But that's why we're really cautious when we're scouting to talk about their performance on the day only. Right. And you put down the notes of what you observe and you try to take the emotion out of it 100% and you just observe what happens and you chart times and you chart movements and you chart motions and you chart anything that would have potentially positively or, or negatively impacted the performance of the player. Right. And you put that in, in your document and you submit it and the national team gets to, you know, sort through it and, and see, see where it takes us, but having different eyes that have the same principles, we're all trained the same way. And we all know how us soccer wants to play. We all know the player qualities that they're looking for. And so we evaluate according to what U.S. soccer standards are, but there's always a different lens with all of us. You know, that's the beauty of the game. When we went to break before this final segment, I mentioned that I was going to ask you about how much has changed for the women's game. I mean, I just remember it feels like yesterday watching the Euros and 90,000 people. And of course, USA played England, 90,000 people. We're talking about the women's game, right? The incredible crowds for the playoffs, the television as well for NWSL. From where you grew up as this little girl who went to Duke and became a coach and now became a mom and you're doing all these great things at Tennessee Soccer Club. So many layers to your life that I find fascinating, Ronnie. And you look at the women's game now, how proud are you? Can you put that into words? Oh, it's so hard to put into words. Just the, the sheer growth of the number of players that are participating first. I mean, even outside of the national team level, you know, the beauty of American soccer is there is a level for all of us to participate in and have a good experience. So one, 
the growth that's happened with just sheer numbers is unbelievable. You know, the other thing that's happening is the quality of the players is all getting better. And I think it's because we have better coaches. We have more experienced coaches. We have coaches that have played. We have coaches that are attending coaching licenses and it's turned into a professional environment developing these players. And so anytime that you are changing an environment in a positive way to challenge players more, it's going to create a stronger environment for them and thus grow the sport. And so, you know, very few times can I go anywhere without looking at someone go, oh yeah, she's a soccer player, right? Like you just know, like, and it's all around and the buzz that's going to be with the women's national championship tonight. You know, I can't wait. Well, we're going to have it on the TV and I watch women's college soccer every game day and on multiple screens at the same time. I'll have it on my television. I'll have it on my cell phone. I'll have it on my, my iPad. I'll have it on my computer. I could like visibly watch four games at the same time as I scan um, because it's just so exciting to see so many women playing and participating at a high level in the sport. Well, you know, in tonight's game, again, this show will air Wednesday, two days later, but the rosters are comprised of almost all ECNL players with the exception of the players that come over from overseas or from South America. And there's a few of those as well, a few from Canada. But uh, overall, ECNL stands for Elite Clubs National League. In your heart and in your mind, when you think of ECNL, Ronnie Woodard from Tennessee Soccer Club, what does ECNL mean to you and all of these young girls? So that's a, that's a great question. I think it's several different avenues. One, to go back to providing an environment for young girls to learn the game and develop. One, two, to find themselves as they go on their developmental journey, emotionally, physically. And three, to raise more awareness that women in sport has a real value, right? And so to me, when I step onto a, an environment and I see these ECNL players, they're very excited to be there. And I see this camaraderie that's within the team. And then now I've started to see the camaraderie within teams from different clubs. The longer I'm in the ECNL, more friends that I have that are club coaches now. And there's just this amazing respect for one another. There's a respect for the game. There's the respect for players. There's respect for coaches. And to me, ECNL has done that with class, right? They bring people in, they hold them to a high standard. They put them in a competitive environment and they make the statement, it's okay to be strong. And it is okay to be a girl and to battle on the field. And when you step off, shake hands with your opponent and go on your way, right? That's what they make this okay to do. And in essence, what they're doing is they're just creating stronger young girls through this incredible platform that they have. Wow, what a great way to end. Rodney Woodard does such great work for the Tennessee Soccer Club, where she also coaches their ECNL team and is the director of member services and has definitely made a difference in the game for all of these young girls that she just mentioned. Great ending comment there, Ronnie. You know, I've always enjoyed spending time with you, particularly when I see my wife's family in Franklin, Tennessee. I hope I can do it again and drop in on you guys. But more importantly, I truly appreciate you being this week's guest on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for being with us, Ronnie. 
Thanks so much for having me. What an honor. It was great. It's good seeing you on the Zoom. Good chatting with you on the podcast. And then, yeah, definitely stop by the office when you come in town. Thank you, Ronnie. And thank you to all the great people at the ECNL, including Andrea Wheeler, who will help put this together, as well as our great producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.